0: Welcome to the Crew MPD Podcast with Katie Johnson and Michelle Davis. We love that the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. We are driven to equip and inspire Christian workers to be Christ-centered, fully funded, and financially faithful so that missionary staff can come alongside all people to help them to know Jesus. This process is more widely known as Ministry Partner Development, or MPD
1: for short. Hey, Megan Berkey. Welcome to the Crew and PD Podcast. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah, we're really excited to have you here. Um, you are kind of one of my favorite staff people, <laughs> just so you know. Um, I just think you're really enjoyable. And um, I just – like whenever I think about you and your husband, Nate, I do think about like years and years ago when we were on a summer project together, whatever it was called. And – just that was just a really delightful summer.
2: You still had a ba-
1: you had a baby, a baby. I had a tiny baby and you had yeah. no babies. Yeah. And it was, yeah, definitely our lives are different <laughs> than back then. But um, okay, why don't you um like let's like stop having like the inside joke here that I'm running with, but like tell us more about who you are, um, where you are geographically and in your staff life. Okay.
2: My name is Megan Berkey, and I live in Cleveland, Ohio, beautiful Cleveland, Ohio, where (laughs) it is sunny today. Yeah, why did you laugh? Oh my (laughs) gosh. Um, And we love the city. I live with my husband and three kids. We've been on staff 12 years, Um, and I recently started a new role for as the NPD advocacy advocacy coordinator for staff. And so I'm really excited to be entering into the NPD community and working with a lot of senior staff doing advocacy. Yeah, I am really excited to
1: have you here too. Uh, What originally connected you to this work other than I'm pretty sure at one point I was like, please, please, please. (laughs) At least to the Lord. I don't know if I ever actually said it to you.
2: <laughs> yeah, actually, it was um, the summer, the first COVID summer, we had a summer mission mm-hmm. that I was leading with Nate get canceled. Um, and so one of my friends is an MPD coach and said, hey, they're, they're having this new role. And when I heard the description, I thought of you, would you want to do it? I didn't have another summer assignment. So mm-hmm. I said, Yes and loved it I absolutely loved it and uh, that kind of got me started going into this advocacy world and working with a whole group of people that in campus I hadn't gotten to work with so it was really it was really an eye-opening and enlightening and heartbreaking and just all kinds of emotions, summer. But one that I left, where I was like, I want, I want to stay here. I want to do like invest time here, work here. So, yeah. Megan, um, what was your role before MPD? Were you on campus? I was. I've been campus staff for my whole staff career up until switching to MPD. Um, so, yeah, discipling women working with students, doing all the freshman follow-up that we all love. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, doing that and for worked, 11 years. And you worked at your alma mater, right? Because you went to school in Cleveland. I did. Yeah, my husband and I met through crew in a tiny Division three school in Northeast Ohio. And when we graduated, I knew I wanted to join staff, mostly because I knew I wanted to do ministry. And this crew was the first avenue that I was really empowered to do ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, okay, God, I want to join staff and I'll do it anywhere but Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) And that did not serve me well. I have lost a lot of bargains with God. And that was (laughs) one of the major ones for sure. And, Mm -hmm. um, And we've been here our whole time on staff. Um, I mean, that's a really in, like endearing
1: way to put it, like that you've lost a lot of bargains with guys. That's really relatable. <laughs> but like just really practically, like were you basically just like asked to stay or, you know, like were there mm-hmm. other – like what were the factors that ended up keeping you in Cleveland mm-hmm. despite your first desires?
2: Yeah. We – the team, my four years in college – Um, the team in Cleveland kind of disintegrated and staff either um, got different roles or just left staff. And so there was one couple left, Ben and Sandy Dyke. um, And they started working with me and Nate. um, And they asked us to join them in Cleveland. I said no immediately. And then Nate had the gall to say, well, why don't we pray about it? I just shook my head, and it was just really clear there was such a need here. Um, Mm -hmm. There are over 180,000 students in our scope here in Northeast Ohio, and there was just, yeah, a huge need that we stayed to fill. And that kind of actually, like, moving toward great needs um, has really defined not just our life on staff, but really our walks with God and how we've made decisions for our family. And is your husband still on campus staff? Yes, he's the team leader here in Cleveland. So also a perk of moving into the MPD community is that my husband is no longer my boss. And so (laughs) that just feels, that feels great. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was going to
0: ask what it's like if you guys worked together on campus for so long, and now for the first time of your staff career, you're not on the same team.
2: Yes. So it sounds
0: like it's good Actually, that he's not it's, your boss, but...
2: <laughs> I just, annoyingly, he's my best friend, and so we love spending time together, which is just like, ugh, you know? Um <laughs> But <laughs> goals, whatever. Yeah. Dreams. Just roll my eyes at my <laughs> own story. Um, so I, I really miss it. I think one of the things that has kept us on staff is that we're not just separately called to ministry. We really thrive and love doing ministry together. And mm-hmm. so having switched into this new role, it has We've had to look for other opportunities to really do ministry together, but I miss it a lot.
1: You know, um, backtracking just a smidge, you were talking about Mm -hmm. the first COVID summer 2020 and about um, the redirecting of your summer assignment. Um, Let's like clarify again, like what was that role that you had? Because it was a new role and it's a continuing role. And there might even be Mm -hmm. some people listening right now who are doing this role for this summer and we're the ones to tell them a little bit what that's like. So tell us
2: more about what that specific role was that summer. Yes. So I started in a role that was an advocacy coordinator for interns raising support. Yeah. Um, and it is, I would recommend it to just about anyone. I mean, it was just It opened my eyes to a lot of realities on staff. Um, You know, there's an author, Terrence Lester, who says, everyone is welcome, is drastically different from we built this with you in mind. Mm. And that summer really highlighted how our MPD systems are built with a very, and owned by their founders. They were built with a very small group of people in mind, Um, people with a church background, people Mm -hmm. in contexts that are familiar with missions giving, people in majority culture. And when I started working with Interns from indirect cultures, interns that did not have church backgrounds, interns from Appalachia, very, very poor communities, I started realizing um, that these MPD systems were not created with them in mind. They are absolutely welcome. And I believe now so many greater resources are being directed to them. But fundamentally, the system in a lot of ways does not work for them. And so what I loved was getting to help change the system for them. I loved getting to cast vision for their need to interns in which the MPD system was working so well for. Interns. From I was working with interns from Tennessee who just grew up in such rich missions-giving culture that Mm -hmm. they were seeing abundant returns in their MPD and casting vision for them to enter into relationship and to leverage their God-given resources on behalf of someone that doesn't have the same resources. And so making those connections, you get to connect abundant or resource-rich interns with interns lacking resources. You get to see these relationships form, and you get to help interns finish that would not have the resources to finish on their own. Mm -hmm. And so it is so rewarding. This past summer, we saw 100% of interns that stayed the course through the whole summer reached the field that gave all their effort to the MPD process, 100% of them reached the field. And it's incredibly rewarding. One of my favorite stories from that summer is um, I had an intern from Tennessee and I connected her to an intern from Southern Ohio, which if you're not familiar with that part of the country, it's incredibly it, it is in the Appalachian Mountains um and it is just a very low-income community and this intern from Tennessee developed a relationship um with my Appalachian intern <laughs> and left that meeting joined her team left that meeting and went back to all the other interns raising in Tennessee and said you need to join the team of this intern. Oh my um, gosh. And it was just so like, this is what it's meant to be. She was captured by the vision of this woman wanting to go back to her low income community, wanting to raise up laborers for Christ, wanted to be involved in the community there, not escape it, but go back and develop it. And she went and said, everyone needs to be a part of this. Um, mm. And it was just, it was incredible. My gosh, that is really embracing
1: the that we are a community, that we're a team, that we, you know, that we're not just these individuals on staff in and like in a competition, but that are for all of our ministries to flourish. All of our ministries need to flourish. Yes. Right? Yes. I love that so much. And, um, we actually interviewed a couple of the interns from last summer on Mm -hmm. an earlier episode. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, I still, I just can't get over how much, just how significant it is that for the very first time we had this happen that, Mm -hmm. you know, the intern program has been around for over 20 years, um, I, I mean, 20 years ago, I was at an intern training like this <laughs> month <laughs> and myself and, um, but for the first time in all those 20 years to be able to say that a hundred percent of the interns who, who raised support all summer were able to report. And this being the thing that is different, I think that is just, that is really significant. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know that our MPD leadership, were really noticing that. And that's part of why we're talking about this so much on the podcast, mm-hmm. because, we really think that this is, you know, part of the future of what our MPD ethos in our organization should become. Yes. Yeah. So you have taken a new role, um, where you are focusing on advocacy with senior staff. Yes. Right. And it's a new role no one's had. Kind of like what you did two summers ago. Took a <laughs> role no one. <laughs> so um tell me more about like what like why you took that role and your hopes and vision for what you hope to see happen in, in, in this work.
2: Yeah, I think the taste of advocacy I got working with interns made me really look at the MPD that I was a part of as a senior staff and that my team was a part of, um, because you don't have a summer to summer deadline. This is ongoing. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I saw people coming to my team um, specifically people of color that did not have the resources that I had. And so I started Nate and I just started naturally doing advocacy with these people and helping them report to our team. And Mm -hmm. I became really passionate about, um, Advocacy as senior staff. And so what I'm hoping in working with senior staff Is not just to see funds directed but to see our mindset with MPD shift I want to see us um, Treat advocacy as an essential part of our MPD So often we can look at MPD as just a raising of our personal finances but I really believe that God has more for us in the NPD process than what comes into my staff account. Um, in the 1970s, there were Aboriginal activists in Australia. And there's a quote that came out of this group that has really stuck with me as I think about advocacy with senior staff. And it says, if you've come to help me, you're wasting your time. But if you have come because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let us work together. Mm -hmm. And that is so rich. I mean, I could talk about just that quote for this entire podcast, but what I think, how I think that translates into the MPD process is this is more than giving leftover funds to someone who needs funds. Mm -hmm. What advocacy means is I have a greater vision for God's work in my ministry, including in my ministry of ministry partner development Hmm. that I don't raise to fill up my staff account. I don't raise to hoard my funds. I don't raise out of fear of lack of personal lack. I Hmm. raise out of this kingdom vision That not just giving but receiving advocacy, I raise to fund the kingdom. I raise so that the kingdom goes forward into spaces that it is not. And when I see myself bound up in that kingdom work with people who have abundant resources and people who have low resources, with people from direct cultures and indirect cultures with people from church backgrounds and people who have zero contacts, when I see myself bound up with them, that it is as as essential for me as it is for a senior staff going into the negative, that it's as essential for me in my faith formation as it is for a staff member who has more money in their staff account than I do. When we are bound up together, I really and truly believe that we experience God's kingdom work in a fuller, more vibrant, more flourishing way than I have the opportunity to in this individualized, personalized way of raising support.
1: Um, if my mic wasn't so expensive and on a stand, I would want to drop it right now. like, (laughs) that was such a drop the mic moment. Um, I'm really struck by your vision that you're raising funds for the kingdom, not just for yourself, that, um, God has more for us than maybe what we've trusted him with before. And that idea of being like bound up with one another, um, doing that quote you share, that is, that is, that is what that is. You know, like if like in asking for like, is your liberation connected with my liberation? It's similar to like the Fannie Lou hammer hammer quote that Mm -hmm. like no one is free until everyone's free. Absolutely. And, um, and freedom You know, I mean, there is an element of both our cultural experience and the gospel that highlights, like, like we are we are um, enslaved to something, Mm -hmm. sin, right? And the truth sets us free. Mm -hmm. Um, And ever more so, I think, seeing ripple effects of that in how we interact. I think it's the vision of the kingdom lived out, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We we could we could talk about that for so long and and we are and we should um cuz that's so significant i'm wondering to hear more from you about um even like defining some of the terms when we talk about mm-hmm. advocacy i think that's important um because we have started to like use certain words over and over again in advocacy. And this is, I think a good time to kind of pause. And like, when we talk about like mutuality, what do we mean? When we talk about flourishing, what do we mean? You know, Mm -hmm. um, there's several things that we, we talk about. And I just wanted to hear more from you about some of those keywords that we're, um, we're using to describe PD advocacy and the significance of those for you. Mm
2: -hmm. Yes. Um, you know, we define advocacy about building strong mutual relationships so we can leverage our God-given resources that empowers everyone to flourish. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know we have just listened to Corey and her vision around the development of that is it makes me feel like I can run a marathon. Um, Mm. Just incredibly motivating. But what I think... Behind those words, especially solidarity, um, there's this shoulder to shoulder ness about it. There is this, I realize that I exist in a system that was built for me and benefits me. And so, in the ways that I'm able, I will exit that privilege and I will stand shoulder to shoulder with those that are not benefiting from the system that this system was not built for. And I leverage my resources on behalf of this person so that we can both flourish. I think you see this all over scripture, but one of my favorite stories of advocacy in scripture where we see this mutuality and solidarity is in the story of Ruth. You see Ruth and Naomi both affected by tragedy, both experiencing grief and loss. But you see Ruth leave her own culture, step into a culture where she is aware that to many she will be seen as an enemy. Mm. And she stands with Naomi. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. She leaves any privilege that she might have had in her own culture. And she joins Naomi to take care of her. And God blesses her. I mean, she's named in the lineage of Jesus. God blesses yeah. her. Because she stepped out of her own even cultural um, environment and into a hostile one Mm -hmm. for the benefit of Naomi. Um, And I just, I just love the risk that she took on behalf of love. She risked herself to love. Um, We see this with David and Jonathan. (laughs) We see the love between these two deep soul level friends and the risks that Jonathan takes to advocate for David's safety, to stand in solidarity with David. There is this, there is no hierarchy in advocacy There's no hierarchy in mutuality. There can only be equity, which requires a giving up. It requires a laying down of privilege, of power, Mm -hmm. so that we can, shoulder to shoulder, equal footing, stand with our brothers and sisters who experience marginalization, who are vulnerable, who are oppressed. Even within our own crew world, there Mm -hmm. are people here who are not benefited from even our own systems. Mm -hmm. There are people who need solidarity from those who have privilege and power. And again, we get a fuller, more beautiful picture of the kingdom of God. When we lay down privilege, even within a system that benefits us, when we lay down that privilege and we stand in solidarity with the vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, is, there are very few things that are more Jesus-like than standing with the vulnerable. And advocacy is one of the ways that I believe as crew staff, we can stand with the vulnerable within our own family, within our own house.
0: Um this is maybe jumping forward to a, another question in in a way but I'm just wondering I mean I totally agree with what you're saying like laying down our privilege for the for others um is a a part of advocacy and, and it's what it's about right um but I'm wondering for the staff out there who honestly maybe they just don't even know who to advocate for um they don't know even maybe people on their staff team that are struggling in MPD, they don't even know there's opportunities right in front of them to advocate, what would you tell them? Um, and kind of to piggyback off that question, um, for staff, like even senior staff that are have a significant need, mm-hmm. how can they advocate for staff um, in the midst of them also having a significant need, like what could that look
2: like? That's a great question. I think one of the things that advocacy requires is a greater level of transparency within the MPD process than Mm -hmm, I've mm -hmm. seen in most cultures I've been around in crew. Um, There is this laying down of the secrecy of our staff accounts, the secrecy of our needs. Um, We tend to only communicate our needs to our partners um, or our abundance. And so there's this greater level of transparency that's required within these mutual Mm -hmm. relationships that we have on staff. The team that you're on can enter into a greater level of transparency with their MPD, a greater level of mutuality even. What would it look like for your team to possibly share in one-time goals that you have? Mm-hmm. What could it look like to share your special needs with your team, to raise on behalf mm-hmm. of one another, to communicate to your partners a giving to the ministry of your team and not just mm-hmm. a giving to you personally? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I would back up even further and say, if you're in a position on staff and you don't know anyone from a marginalized community, if you don't have any relationships with people that come from different cultural backgrounds than you do, that come from different spiritual backgrounds than you do, um, that differ from you in life experience, I think that would be an incredible place to start with your advocacy. Mm -hmm is to, by faith, move into some of those relationships. Not for any other purpose other than loving that person, than seeing a fuller picture of God. Because if I only know other people that have grown up like me, that have the same cultural experiences as I do, if I only know other moms with kids, um, I'm missing the heart of God. Mm -hmm. I am missing knowledge about God that I do not have access to because I'm only learning from one small pool of experience, of lived experience. And so if you need Um, recommendations on people of color to learn from, um, to begin reading, to apprentice underneath, right? To say, teach me about how people that don't look like me or live like me believe about God. Mm -hmm. I would love to give you some of those resources. But I think that can be a good first step is to lay down our privilege, like you were saying, Katie, and by faith step into relationships with people that are different from us. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Yeah, but I love the idea of, like you said, vision casting to your partners for your team Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: not for you individually because it's so true. Like I think about my team and if anyone on my team – let like everyone is so important to what we're doing right. <laughs> as a team. And so um if you think about it, like if someone on your team leaves staff or is underfunded and has mm-hmm. to leave their position, um, the whole team is affected. Yep. Yeah. And so why wouldn't you be for your whole team being healthy and thriving as people, right? Mm-hmm. But also as staff of yes. crew. And so I'm just sitting here thinking like how can I um, you know, vision cast for my team more mm-hmm. with my partners? I just love that idea so much. So, yeah, um, I mean, among lots of other things you just said, <laughs> I loved. But that was one thing that stood out to me as something I've never really thought about. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And we often think um, in order to do advocacy, I have to have extra money. I have to have the dollars in my staff account. Um, but that completely negates the relational aspect of advocacy. Like you could Mm -hmm. enter into advocacy with someone through prayer. Um, Mm -hmm. you can have, you can offer someone emotional support as they are raising their funds. You can help Mm -hmm. someone's skills practice. If you are an incredible vision caster, then you can help someone gain some of those skills that you have. If you Mm -hmm. are incredible at getting referrals, first of all, my email is (laughs) (laughs) Megan.berkey.org. And I would love to talk to you. Seriously. You You have skills that you can leverage on behalf of someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, You can invite someone on your team. Um, on an appointment with you, you can, mm-hmm. again, this requires um, a freedom that we are not ruled by fear of lack in MPD. Um, mm-hmm. But you can connect someone with your current partners. Take someone on an appointment with you, share how they are working for the kingdom in your context. Mm -hmm. And allow your partner to join their team, to even gain a greater vision of um, your ministry context by partnering not Mm -hmm. just with you, but with someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, So it doesn't... Um,
0: Can we... That's amazing. Can we pause for one second and just repeat that for everyone? You can share your ministry (laughs) partner with other people on your team. Yes. I love this so much. And I think... Like not being ruled by fear, I just want to be here and be like, I feel like I'm listening to someone preach to me and I just want to be like, amen, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because I think a lot of times we are ruled by fear of, oh, if my ministry partner like gets to know this other person on staff, are they going to pull my support? Mm-hmm. And it just isn't true because we serve a God who holds all resources mm-hmm. yeah. and has never-ending resources. So yep. even if that person – Pulled my support and gave it to someone else. God has someone else for my team, mm-hmm. and that's
2: okay, right? Yes. And so, and you know, um, we cast. Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. Love. <laughs> I love that. I feel like you were preaching just then. We cast vision for supporters that I'm. One of my uh, lines of vision casting in an initial appointment is, you know, you're going to get to heaven, and there are going to be people there that were impacted by the resources that you gave and came into a relationship with Jesus and entered eternity in part, because you chose to give your resources. But I often don't apply that to myself. Um, That's just really for my partners. That's not for how I operate with the funds in my staff account. But absolutely, you can connect your partners to other staff people. You can be one that then gives of their resources. Our partners are one of our greatest resources. Mm -hmm. You can be one that lives open-handedly so that people enter the kingdom. More people enter the kingdom because of your open-handedness. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: I mean, and even in like the most practical, like basic way, like most people who support who support a missionary support multiple missionaries. Mm-hmm. Why why not be mm-hmm. the person who introduces them to some mm-hmm. of the people that they could <laughs> support? You know, there's like obviously like a a heart and desire to do that. I know my mm-hmm. husband and I when we think about our giving. We really like to think through what are who, what are some communities or some causes that we care about but are not our primary calling right now. Mm-hmm. And then who can we invest in yep. to make that happen? So like we support people who do high school ministry. We support people who, you know, like who do IJM tech work, like we, all mm-hmm. kinds of different things because like all those things are so important, you know? Uh, Megan, I want to go back to something that, like, you were talking about before, about, um, like, how, um, like, this high desire to see more mutuality and transparency and and faith for our staff and MPD. And one of the things that came to mind as you were sharing was you know, something Jesus said about the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And that those who, um, who want to lead really need to serve, Mm -hmm. you know, that's obviously a paraphrase, but, um, how, and you had said it too, like that, this is like the way of Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is even, I think part of the kind of the upside down kingdom. Some scholars like to talk about that, that God is in the habit of turning things on Mm -hmm. its head, Right mm-hmm. And so, yeah, on the surface, it looks like if I want to be successful in ministry, I'm kind of out there competing for dollars. But actually, the upside down kingdom says, um, no, <laughs> that's not how it. That's not actually what our posture should be and that's not what um, being a part of, you know, our religious missionary order should look like. you know, we mm-hmm. are actually like, called to a sense of like a community and interdependence on one another. So this is another way we live that out, you know, um, or could live that out. And, um, so I think that that's something that's like really worth, like, I think challenging for all of us to like dig into, like when we, um, hear these new ideas of advocacy and things like that, like to prayerfully ask God, like, show me where this connects in scripture. Guess what? There's abundant places <laughs> where it connects mm-hmm. in scripture, and I think that that's like really valuable for all of us to to prayerfully consider, you know. And that's what most helps us replace that fear and that, um, oh, you know, right? The the fear of like I'm not going to have enough. Yes, I feel like the there's a better word for that. Yeah, the frenzy, that, the, frenzy the competitive. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Jesus never seems frenzied. No. He never worries about the power other people have, the attention other people have, the resources other people have. He has such rest and belief in his father that he gives up. He continually gives up deflects, gives away
1: Mm -hmm. resources,
2: power, privilege Mm -hmm. so that others can flourish.
1: And we're called to be like him.
2: Yep.
1: (laughs) Indeed. Megan, this has been so encouraging to talk to you. I am so thankful for you. Um, I know you're on Instagram. I like following you on Instagram a lot. Where can people find you if um, they want to like, you did You did drop your email as a joke, (laughs) but if, if people do want to like find you and ask questions or connect with you, um, what's the best way to do that?
2: Yes. I love Instagram probably too much. Um, so my handle there is just at Megan, M E G A N Berkey, B E R K E Y. And my email, if you do, um, if you hear this and this is stirring in your heart, Um, If you feel God calling you to greater levels of advocacy, I would love to talk to you. Um, So my email is megan.berkey at crew.org. And I would love to see how God wants to move you forward in advocacy. Me too. I love it. Thanks, Megan, so much. Of course. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for listening to the Crew MPD Podcast. Please help others find our show by liking, sharing, and rating us on Apple iTunes and wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us on social media by searching for The Crew MPD Podcast. Check out the show notes for more information, including the various resources we mentioned in this episode. Till next time, we encourage you to be faithful and full of faith in all things, especially in MPD.